Let's open Holy Scripture this morning to the book of Exodus. As we prepare to celebrate the Holy Supper, we continue the series of sermons on the furnishings of the tabernacle and see the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ symbolized and pictured in the various furnishings of the tabernacle, all by the design of our God. So, Exodus 30, verses 1 through 10. You shall make an altar on which to burn incense. So, this is the Lord instructing Moses. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length and a cubit its breadth. It shall be square, and two cubits shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns. And you shall make a molding of gold around it. And you shall make two golden rings for it. Under its moldings on two opposite sides of it you shall make them. And they shall be holders for poles with which to carry it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put in it, or you shall put it in front of the veil that is above the ark of the testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is above the testimony where I will meet with you. And Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. Every morning when he dresses the lamps, he shall burn it. And when Aaron sets up the lamps at twilight, he shall burn it. A regular incense offering before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer unauthorized incense on it or a burnt offering or a grain offering, and you shall not pour a drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement, he shall make atonement for it once in the year. Throughout your generations, it is most holy to the Lord. In Exodus 30, we read about the description of the altar of incense and the focal point of the sermon this morning will be verse 6, where it says, And you shall put it in front of the veil, and that's speaking of the altar of incense, you shall put that altar in front of the veil that is above or in front of the ark of the testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is above the testimony where I will meet with you. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, when you come into somebody's home for the first time, you notice certain things. You receive a certain impression. There's a first impression. For example, if the furniture is bare and sparse, if there's no pictures hanging on the walls, no color in the room, hardly any light shining, the feeling you get is a kind of a cold feeling, kind of unwelcoming. On the other hand, if there's flowers on the table, a warm light on, an attractive, attractive decorations on the wall, and an, an apple pie baking in the oven, well, that kind of makes you want to step inside, doesn't it? Stay a while. That's an inviting atmosphere. It's welcoming. Well, we have something like that going on when we enter into God's house, the tabernacle of old. There is in all these furnishings deep, deeper symbolism to be sure, but as the worshiper would 
step inside the doorway, as the priest then would, would go further into that most holy place, he would find a gold table filled with bread. And to the left, he would find a, a bright light with seven lamps lit upon it. And that light shines on all the, the four walls on which are beautiful royal colors, blue and purple and scarlet, and woven into the bright fabric of the walls of these curtain walls are decorations of angels and palm trees. Angels, the, the special cherubim of God, in fact. God's home, if you were a priest stepping into it, it would be a, a stunning place to behold with your eye, but at the same time, a very welcoming place. Food, light, also a wonderful fragrance wafting up. Not a fragrance from the apple pie in an oven, but a fragrance coming from the altar close to that far curtain. A golden altar burning sweet-smelling incense. I bring you then this word of the Lord under this theme, smell the good news rising from the golden altar of incense. Smell the good news rising from the golden altar of incense. We'll see the wonderful scent of Christ's prayers and the wonderful scent of Christ's sacrifice. Now, that golden altar was located in that holy place, that first chamber next to the most holy place. That golden altar was located at the end of the room, right in front of that second curtain. Our text says that God designed it that way, and the Lord gets very specific in our text. He says, you shall put that altar of incense in front of the veil, in front of the curtain that is before the ark of the testimony. Put it in front of the mercy seat that is above the testimony where I will meet with you. So the meeting place is, is the mercy seat. The golden altar is closely connected to the ark in that most holy place, to that mercy seat. There is a curtain between them, to be sure, but really there's only a few feet between the golden altar of incense and the ark of God. God wants His people to see the two in relationship to each other. Coming to the altar of incense was coming into the presence of the Lord, just the other side of the curtain. Well, this was as close as the priests could come on a regular basis. Once per year, the high priest could go further. He could go inside that most holy place where the ark was. But all the other priests could only come to that golden altar of incense. This was a very important location. After dressing the seven lamps, the priest would come and stand before this golden altar of incense, and he was to know that he was before his God. He was meeting his God. He was as close to the Lord as he could get. The Lord commands that this meeting place was to be at an altar, a golden altar. Why an altar? 
Well, an altar by definition is used for sacrifice. But then that begs the question, didn't God already command a sacrifice on the altar for burnt offering that was in the outer courtyard? You recall that on that bronze altar, the priests were to burn up all the animal sacrifices that the Israelites brought. So why was a second altar needed? And what kind of sacrifice would be brought on this altar? Well, there was to be only one kind of sacrifice on this golden altar, and it wasn't to be an animal sacrifice. They were not to bring a burnt offering there. They were not to bring even a grain offering there. They were not to bring even a drink offering there. Exodus 30 says the Lord permits one and only one kind of sacrifice, and that was the burning of incense. And what is incense? Well, incense is sweet smelling spices, a special recipe of sweet-smelling spices. And God commanded the priest twice a day, every day, morning and evening, at the same time that the lamps of the golden lampstand were being dressed, and the same time that the lamb was being sacrificed on the altar of burnt offering or at, at the same service, it was all part of one service, the priest had to come into the holy place, he had to take a handful of this ground-up incense, this powder, this special smelling powder, and he had to throw it on the burning coals of the altar, the golden altar. Well, you could imagine what would happen. Instantly, a, a cloud of perfume would go up into the air. It would fill the holy place. It would billow out also beyond the, those rooms. Remember, it's, it's a chamber of curtains, and there would be lots of ventilation, so the the smell would go beyond the holy place to the worshipers who had come bringing their animal sacrifices that day, and even beyond that to the camp of the Israelites camped all around the tabernacle. But even more important than the fragrance going out to the people, the fragrance would drift over the curtain into the presence of God. The fragrance was meant in the first place for the nostrils of the Lord, so to speak. And why is fragrance so important to the Lord? Well, the fragrance was representative of the prayers of the high priest. The prayers that the priest would make on behalf of the people. The time of the incense offering all through the Old Testament time was known as time of prayer. You can think, for example, of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, who saw an angel precisely at the time when he was making the incense offering. The people outside, says Luke in his gospel, the people outside were praying. But even more to the point, the angel says to Zechariah, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been answered. That is, your priestly prayer that you have offered Along with the incense, your prayer for the salvation of Israel has been heard. So incense, you see, is a symbol, a picture of the prayers of the people going up, up to the Lord. We sang about that in Psalm 141. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Why does God do this? Why does He command incense? 
God wants to assure His people that their prayers officially offered by the priest on their behalf, that those prayers, they would indeed be heard by Him. The golden altar that was the way, that was the avenue for the people to bring their expressions, their prayers to God, whether it was praise or thanksgiving, whether it was supplications or petitions or requests of any kind, and they needed to know that Yahweh, their covenant God, would receive those prayers like a sweet aroma. Can you smell in this, brothers and sisters, the sweet aroma of the prayers of our great high priest, Jesus Christ? For still today, this very day, as we speak, we're gathered here on the earth in this location and we've said a prayer already, but do you understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is currently in heaven? And what does He do there? He does many things. One of the things He does is He prays for you and for me. He prays for you, Tia. Jesus is our King. He's also our high priest who intercedes for us, says the Scripture. Listen to this from Hebrews 7. Consequently, He, that's Christ, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him. Why? Since He always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is able to save His people to the uttermost, says the writer. That means totally and completely. He doesn't take us 60% of the way or 85% of the way or even 99% of the way. He takes us 100% of the way from beginning to end because He lives forever in the presence of His Father and He's asking of His Father everything you and I and all of us need in order to come to faith, Tia, in order to profess faith as you're doing today, in order to stay in the faith all your life, in order to live the life of faith, it's as a result of Jesus' prayer that you and I and we can do that. Isn't that amazing? That's why already in Moses' day, the wonderful scent that wafted out of the tabernacle was, was gospel for the people. When they smelled that, when the people who of faith smelled the incense, it was a reminder for them. It was a message to them. The Lord God does care for us. Our God does listen to us. He finds the prayers of our high priest pleasing the God who was righteously angry at sinners like us and demands a burnt offering finds in this incense a reason to be at peace with us. He's accepting of us. He wants us in fellowship. He receives us in fellowship. And the reason that the prayers are acceptable is found in the sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ for there's a, a direct connection between this golden altar of incense and the bronze altar of burnt offering, which stands in the outer courtyard. Both are altars. That suggests a relationship. But more, the golden altar is actually a miniature 
replica of the bronze altar. Notice the dimensions we read in Exodus 30. This golden altar is a cubit long and a cubit wide, 18 inches by 18 inches, give or take. Either way, it was a perfect square, and that is exactly what the bronze altar was. That was five cubits by five cubits, quite a big altar. And each of those altars had four horns on each uh, on the corners. So when the, preach, uh, when the priest approached the golden altar, he couldn't help but think of the bronze altar outside on which he had just put an animal to death for the sins of the people. There's a connection. Well, that connection gets stronger when we realize that the very coals that were to fuel the fire on the golden altar, they actually came from the bronze altar. The fire from the bronze altar is the fire on the golden altar. And even more, once per year, blood from the sacrifice on the bronze altar, it had to be applied to the horns of the golden altar in order to purify that golden altar. Well, when you put together all the symbolism and all the, the dots that the Holy Spirit has laid out in Scripture, what we understand is that the incense offering, the prayer offering, was literally made in dependence on that burnt offering, the animal sacrifice. It shows also in the, the order of God's instructions. The priest had to first sacrifice the animal for the sin of the people. Then he had to wash in the basin of water, and only then could he enter the tabernacle to tend to the lamps and burn the incense. First the sacrifice to clear away guilt, then the way was open for God to hear prayer. Can you see in, in all of this, brothers and sisters, in this golden altar, a fuller, richer picture of the work of Christ? who was sent to be our great high priest. It was Jesus who presented himself as the Lamb of God on the altar of the cross. It was Christ who stilled the holy anger of God by his death in our place. And so it is Christ who has entered into heaven and prays for us moment by moment. He offers His prayers for us on the basis of His earlier sacrifice. And what does His Father do with those prayers? The Father loves the prayers of His Son. The Father happily receives the intercessions of His Son as a pleasing fragrance that inclines His heart toward us. It's all because of what Jesus did on the cross. And then God bids us, you and me, to also pray to our Father in heaven on the basis of the same sacrifice. Do you struggle to pray sometimes? Do you wonder sometimes about the value of prayer? Tia, do you ever perhaps ask yourself, whether the Lord is actually listening when you call. Well, the Lord's Supper can help you with that and all of us. For the Lord's Supper portrays, it, it pictures before us the 
completed sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So when you take the bread and take the wine, see in it the body and blood of your Savior, which in turn recalls to mind those burning coals upon which the offering of incense was made, the offering of prayer. Jesus' prayer is always heard because, of, because His earlier work was spotless. And when you pray to you, when we all pray, brothers and sisters, when we pray on the basis of the same sacrificial work of Jesus, when you pray in Jesus' name, that's what you're doing. When you pray and say, for Jesus' sake, that's what you're saying. Then know this, it is impossible for God to ignore your prayers. It's not possible. Because of Jesus, whom you love by faith, as do we all, our Father in heaven will only be too happy to receive our prayers as a fragrant aroma of gratitude. And prayers like that, He's only too pleased to answer. At the Lord's Supper, you and I, we can taste and see. This morning, brothers and sisters, I want you also to smell. Smell the good news. From the bronze altar to the golden altar to the very ear of God. From the cross of Golgotha to the throne room of heaven to the very ear of our Father. The prayers of Christ. And of the people of Christ, they rise up to God as a wonderful aroma. The stench of our sin and our guilt, that stench, that's been covered over by the sweetness of the death and the ministry of Christ Jesus. And therefore, brothers and sisters, for that reason, God in heaven is pleased with you. Amen.